This is season five, episode 12 of Beyond the Illusion. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we have a conversation with Victoria Ballou. Victoria is a talented tarot card reader and dream interpreter, as well as an accomplished author. Victoria was extremely generous and offered both Tiana and I a session before we did the podcast recording with her. And of course, the sessions were amazing. I got a tarot card reading and I was thoroughly impressed with the relevance and quality of information that came through for me. In fact, I've decided to make a separate episode out of my reading with her so that I can share that experience with anyone who's curious about what happens in a session like that. It will be much like the episode I did with the recording from my astrology session with Shannon in the first season. Also, our conversation with Victoria is a little different than most because we start the recording with a mini tarot card reading from Victoria for both Tiana and I. Let's go to that conversation with Victoria Ballou, Tiana Roser, and myself, Tim Howe. Hey, you guys, that was actually a really lovely meditation. What came to me is I want to pull these cards for us. So... I'm going to oh, fun. Well, I got these since I spoke to you both last, and I am so fond of their oracle cards, and they're called Supra. Anyway, so it came to me that I need to pull one of these for each of you, and we can do it before the interview, we can do it after, during, whatever you guys want. So we can start the recording by pulling the cards. That's kind of fun, I think. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So they're called Supra. Let me grab the book and show you what the book looks like so that I've been working with these every day because they're so awesome. They're based on Carl Jung's archetypes. Ooh, you're and speaking my language. I know, right? Can you guys see this? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Wow. Um, so they're oracles rather than tarot. And so it is like the Carl Jung illustrations are just like phenomenal. Oh, of course, I pull it up on just the the blank one before the um, secret. But of course, this is the Chartres Labyrinth, which resonates with me so intensely. And um, anyway, so you just have these amazing drawings that resonate. So I thought, well, I'll just pull pull cards and see see what comes up for you guys so i said i do it every morning just to set where i am oh cool i'm excited yeah so who wants to be first tiana does (laughs) all right (laughs) all right tiana i'm going to do like i always do which is to pull three cards overview challenge and the course of action called for oh nice for you love this myth this is your overview oh i love that yeah i know isn't that the drawings just mm-hmm. and these people are not tarot uh they're graphic artists who created this deck and so they really don't read tarot cards but they were intrigued by the whole idea oh Okay, so impasse is your challenge. Okay. And your course of action called for. Let's see where we are with this. 
it hasn't come up yet, so we'll see what, what wants to come up. There we go. Conflict. Okay. And so here's what here's what this means for you. Myth, your, your uh, overview. Myth is referring to the stories that we tell ourselves and the importance of storytelling. That's what myth is all about. And I think it's so incredibly synchronicitous that as I am a guest on your podcast, which is all about telling stories, relating to your audience, the stories of the various people that you interview, as well as your own stories, as well as their stories by relation, right? That's what this myth card is talking about. Mm -hmm. So immediately it picked up on it. Now the impasse, your challenge card, this is just saying that energetically, whether in a large way or a small way, you're at a, a point where you're needing to, you can't make a decision. There's something you need to decide and you're not really sure which way to go on it. And therefore your course of action called for is nothing less than conflict, which says that it's necessary to have conflict in terms of not so much. I mean, here we have the swords, you know, the spears and the mm-hmm. shields, but it's it puts it really in a positive way that conflict is necessary in order to grow for us to make those choices. So to just read this in terms of the challenge and your course of action call for, this is saying that the impasse you will be able to move through that energy by working with the conflict, whatever is the opposing sides of your whatever you're trying to decide, if you work with it with that positive energy of this is a necessary aspect to what you need to be doing. Because a lot of times people think of conflict as a real negative thing, but in this way, this card is reflecting it as a positive potential for growth to move the energy. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it kind of ties back, you know, because I went back and listened to the session that I had with you. And it's interesting because the dream that I'd given you was the dream I had that morning. And it was very, you know, positive and so forth. But actually, a few days before that, I had had a nightmare, which don't hardly ever have. And I wish later I wished like, oh, I wish I had brought the nightmare forward because it showed up again. Like within a week, I had two nightmares kind of bookends from our session, your session and I was in the middle. And then I realized like uh, the cards, the three cards that you pulled for that session, I was just interpreting it for that dream that we had talked about. But now I was looking back at it today and I was like, oh, this is really this bigger energy of what's been going on, which was what the nightmare, because in that reading, you had pulled um, the card was self for me. And then the challenge was movement upside down and then so not being able to move and or not or shouldn't move and then the action going forward was defense well in these nightmares it was all about me meeting evil basically and then being paralyzed so just not being able to move <laughs> and then this like defense piece so it, it made so much sense when i looked at it in this bigger picture and actually those two nightmares were a catalyst for me to do a bunch of other deeper inner work with a couple other practitioners. Anyway, I'm still this this big journey of how do I deal with uh, darkness? Mm. So it's interesting, you know, because before part of my journey was to come to love and compassion for it. 
But then these nightmares, it felt like I was receiving a psychic attack. And it was like, oh, maybe I'm supposed to fight back. And then so your your three card reading was like, oh, defense, you know, but I didn't. Anyway, I just that all came to me today when I was listening to it again. And so this makes sense to me again, this like conflict of like, what is the approach when I'm working with this darkness? I'm still figuring out, you know, do I have to choose a path, the path of compassion or the path of defense or fighting against it? And so it's interesting. I'm still working through that. And I think those cards really reflect that. And it's nice to know just that it's okay to be in that impasse and to keep working through it within myself as until it becomes clear. Absolutely. And the conflict, again, because it has the potential for growth, that is so much part of what that card represents, that this is telling you, you can move through that energy, that nightmare, if you really are feeling like you're psychically under attack, then there's a positive growth oriented way to deal with that to combat that. That's the, as I was listening to your talk, I thought, yeah, that's exactly the card that you needed to see today for your course of action called for. And you know, you can always just send me an email, a quick email to say, here's this dream. What do you think about this? Uh, always, no problem. I appreciate, so it, I, I was going to ask this later, but since it's so, you know, on topic right now, because this was what I was kind of trying to figure out at the time as well, like, how do I know if that was a psychic attack or if it was symbolic of aspects of myself? And so I kept, you know, I was kept trying to figure that out, work that through, you know, is that something just, does the evil just represent, you know, parts of myself that I'm afraid of? Or am I actually astrally, you know, when I'm, I'm leaving my body at night when I sleep and I'm in the astral and am I actually being psychically attacked? Is there a way to know which I, is which? You can begin sorting it out. You know, it's interesting. Just this week, I was dealing with uh, working with a client who it was my first time to work with her. And as she began, I was reading her cards and her cards were very interesting but then she began telling me about a dream and i real i asked her i said are you a medium she said that she felt like she, she was younger you know and she said she felt like she could be that she might be it was almost like it was an awakening for her because as we began talking about her dreams she was telling me that people who had friends of hers. She said, unfortunately, I've had three or four friends, one quite recently commit suicide. And she said, I always know that when it happens that they will come to me in a dream and they call me on a telephone. They're calling me. I see them on a telephone talking to me. And uh, she said, the telephones are really cool. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. And as, as I'm listening to her, I realized Normally, I would say that that was an aspect of her, but this time I knew that it wasn't. She actually is getting information from these friends of hers who have crossed over. And so I mentioned that to you because doing the work that you do, intuitively, I would ask you, intuitively, are you feeling like it's a psychic attack? Yeah, that's what I felt like it was. And I and I always go first for the gestalt method of like thinking everything is aspect of me. But I've also, like you're saying with this uh, client of yours, I've had 
many times where I've had shared dreams where later on, or I'm picking up information, not intentionally from my friends, like very specific things. I said, oh, I had this weird dream about you. And it was like very specific things that they experienced. So I know one, I've also been told uh, by my own spirit guide that I'm, you know, that we do a lot of this kind of work when we're sleeping. So I know from my own experience that some of my dreams sometimes are not you know, just symbolic, or I've had, yeah, dreams about someone being, you know, in danger or or really depressed. And then I checked with them and, you know, they were. And so, so I know there's all of this bleed through or um, ways that we're enmeshed. Yeah. It's just sometimes I think with the, the really, the big things like a big nightmare, and I knew it was something really important. Then I start to question myself. Well, I, you're, and you're right to do that because if, if you're being attacked, you need to deal with it rather than just trying to interpret it as the, the symbology of a dream. And I know that you know how to do that. I'm sure you protect yourself. Yeah, I d- certainly after that, I, I do, you know, I, I see it both as like, I, I do feel like there was a psychic attack, but I also feel like, um, you know, my my higher self sort of allowed that because it, it was a catalyst for me to go into this deeper work. And it's part of this, like I said, this bigger collective thing, even that we're all learning how to grow through the polarities of light and darkness. So it's part of that bigger collective spiritual journey. But yeah, it was, it was interesting because it was during the Scorpio eclipse season. So it was right in there. So it made a lot of sense, you know, Scorpio energy is transformation through the darkness. And so, so it all fit in, very well with you know the, and those are portals where I'm, I'm much more affected that's where I have either you know really big high things or it could be you know an opening where other things can come in and so it was just like oh yeah I, your card that you pulled in was said the action was defense and it was like oh yes I haven't been doing some of that and so but it's interesting because different people have different ideas about psychic defense and certainly my ideas about it have changed over the years as well. And so, but like, I think like anything spiritually, I don't like have it like, okay, now I have the answer. I feel like, oh, it continues to evolve and <laughs> shift through our experiences. But I'm sure Tim's like, hey, what about me? We've been talking about well, all of Diana. Listen, oh, no, it's fine. Look at what I pull, Psyche. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that you are right on target with what you're thinking i would be happy to hear your nightmare especially if it repeats that means your subconscious is really wanting your conscious to sort it out that's why we have repetitive dreams over weeks or years or what you know it really is our subconscious mind saying please pay attention to me please understand what i'm trying to tell you And since we're recording the session already, I'll just tell you that when we're dreaming, our subconscious mind is free to roam and do whatever it needs to. Our conscious mind is always overruling it when we're awake. The analogy that I like to use, it's like the, um, our conscious mind is like the sun. It's just blazing, you know, bright. We're we're totally immersed in it when, when the sun is out. But as it sets and the moon comes up, which is like our subconscious mind at night when we're dreaming, then it it has complete control of the sky, you know, and we're 
in its domain. But once again, when the, the sun comes up, it blocks it out. So the subconscious is so much more subtle than, but it, it, it is truly what is driving our psychic car. There is no doubt about that. And by paying attention, understanding what those symbols are in our dreams, we can eliminate our greatest fears, achieve our highest goals by putting the puzzle pieces together, that hieroglyphic in our dream symbology, understanding what that message is, and then putting it to work in our waking life. That's how we can move through all sorts of fears that are real, but also some that we just create, that we, we all tell ourselves stories, and sometimes they're valid and sometimes they're not, and our dreams will sort through that. Our dreams are always wanting the highest benefit for us, always wanting us to succeed. You know, and when we sleep, of course, we're downloading activity from the previous day. Our brains are creating those new neuropathways, teaching us how to deal with situations as they arise in the future. And so those are what scientists call the strong associations. There are then the weaker ones, which is which are the crazy dreams that just kind of make no sense, are also trying to tell us messages of ways to handle things. And that is where it's so important for us to decode them. Because once you understand the message, you know that it's the truth. You know that that's what's coming through. And sometimes it's a truth that will, you know, just startle you because you you will recognize it as the truth and maybe you've been trying to ignore it or deny it but once that dream is decoded there it is in the open for you to deal with or not if you do choose to deal with it, it you can make a huge difference in your life so that's that's why i'm such a huge proponent of um dream interpretation and it was only because I began studying it to understand my own dreams 30 years ago. And I went through the School of Metaphysics. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. They have something called Dream School. And it is, in my opinion, after looking for a very long time to find what I thought was a reputable, on-target dream analysis, mentor, I found Barbara Condren, who runs Dream School, like the School of Metaphysics. Has she written books or something? Her name sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. okay. For mm -hmm. 30 years, she has written books about dreams. She calls herself a dream journalist. And I still take her webinars and study with her. And I learn so much. We've all been having COVID dreams. That, that's her latest webinar that we were focusing on that I was taking part in just really recently, the symbols for COVID have been coming up in our dreams. And as a result of that, we are able to, to look at ourselves in terms of how we fit into the greater global consciousness, because, you know, you're right about the whole collective unconscious, again, a, a thought of Carl Jung's. And it's true when we're dreaming 
especially in our super conscious mind, we are interacting with beings who have crossed over, who are no longer in the physical form. We're interacting with beings who've never had a physical form. We are interacting with other dreaming minds, like you were saying. It is all possible because that is we're all part of the same unity flow that's happening. And some of us are easier or more adept at getting into that flow. Some of us, it just happens naturally. And others, it, it's not. I don't know what is a determining factor about that. But I do know. I think, I mean, I don't know, for me, like I'm sun sign, cancer, rising Pisces, I think having, you know, strong water signs in our chart can make us more easily connected to subconscious, superconscious and spiritual realm. I, I, I do want to hear what card I don't want to skip over Tim's card. No, and, we, and we're not. It's just we, since we were already in that. I, and oh, yeah, I know. I, I want to come back to the dreams. But yeah, we can we can do the card real quick. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Oh, this one wants to come up right now for you. Awesome. So, so appropriate stillness for you, Tim. Mm. And you have been right there. So still <laughs> listening to us talk. <laughs> Stillness, of course, as your overview card, just says that this is where knowledge can come from. When you allow yourself to be still, I mean, the meditation that we had, actually, now that I think about it, because we were having the meditation before the interview began, that is reflecting so much of, uh, of this session. I love these cards. So that's your overview, of course, just, just talking about the stillness. And then, oh, awesome, you have imagination as your challenge, which, of course, imagination is just allowing that creative force within you to, to be free and to trust in it. Now, as your challenge, I, you know, what I would ask you is, are you working on something? Are you trying to create something that you're that you yeah. feel like maybe you're you're being challenged with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's funny the the stillness really resonates with me right now particularly because I have been meditating a lot recently and it's become a regular part of my day mm-hmm. and I find that it's the best part of my day by far usually because, you know, there's this like you're saying like there's this inner peace and there is this like knowing like I can't put it into words, but like I know that everything's going to be okay, you know, when when I get in touch with that part of myself, which isn't the feeling that I have for the rest of my day, you know. It's like a lot of, you know, work stuff and just, you know, life happens and so your mind is elsewhere, but but yeah, that that is that is a big theme for me right now and it's been very very helpful to you know, for me dealing with my challenges and then also the imagination part is yes, I have been working on something and it's been extremely difficult to pull this out of me, this, what, what I need. And, and, um, it's, yeah, it's been like, um, like, you know, when writers get writer's block, you know, that's kind of how yeah. I feel. That's like, but yeah. it's in a different area. Obviously it's in my work and I just feel blocked. Like why well, it's not coming to me. The answer is just, I can't figure it out, you know? Yeah, I see that. So, therefore, we have your course of action called for card here, and it's nothing less than release. 
Mm. You see the wing. It's just, it means just turn loose. Release. Wow. And I know that sounds very simple, but it's it's a very profound moment when you can truly just release. Let me tell you what I do when I because I am a writer. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I write urban fantasy books. I have a series called The Tarot Legacies, and of course they're based on the tarot. But I am writing my fifth book now, and when. I feel like I have writer's block. I always book a session to go into a float, an isolation tank float. And I float for 90 minutes. And it's walking into, and it's, you guys are here in Austin, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's called, it used to be called zero gravity. Now it's called true rest. It's over off of uh, South Lamar. So you walk into this private little room and then you have this cube that's like a closet. You open the door and there's about, oh, I don't know, what, you know, maybe less than a foot of water, but maybe 10 inches of water and it's very salinated, right? There's a lot of salt. So when you lie down, it's warm. And when you lie down, you're, you're buoyant. So you're lying very much on the, the surface and then the lights go out and then you float in complete darkness and uh it allows me it's first of all that stillness tim you would probably love it because of your meditation and what you get out of your meditation time for me i have monkey mind i have a hundred things i'm always wanting to do so it takes me some time to, for my brain, my thoughts to just kind of settle down. And that's why I do 90 minutes. 60 minutes is not nearly enough time to get me all settled and where I want to be. But for 90 minutes, you know, your brain waves change into theta, which is the dream state, but you're awake. And it's a very creative time because Thoughts will come to you that are have been hiding over in the corners, you know. And I have had a lot of great ideas come from those float sessions. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go. I've actually been to that place when it back when it was zero gravity, and I'll have oh, to go cool. back again. Yeah, it's been a while. So I I have am now a member of it because of what it does for me it really it's an amazing it's part of the whole you know we all do what we need to do to feel like we're tuned in right and that is very much part of what i do to to feel like i'm tuned in well thank you and thank you for the reading that was great yeah thank you i was wondering you know you mentioned studying at this school and learning some techniques and so forth. I was wondering if if you have like certain go-to techniques that you go when you whenever you're doing dream interpretation or is it more intuitive or is it kind of 50-50? You've learned like these certain symbols, but then also you're, you know, I don't know. Is it is it the same every time or just sometimes like I guess like when we were talking, you know, you're sort of feeling into whether it feels like it's, a, you know, my personal dream or is it something 
more psychic or collective, so there's a lot of intuitive stuff going on. As I mentioned, my client that I had just this week, um, a new client, when she began telling me about her dreams, I normally approach it from the symbols area, right, of here's what this person that she's describing represented according to my training. But as our session was going, as I was listening to her dream and her explanation of it, that is when I asked her if she was a medium. Because intuitively, I picked up that she really is getting this information. This really is a person who is no longer in the physical. And this is, this is a rare thing. This does not happen very often. And I have interpreted dreams for people for decades now. And you just come to, yeah, I guess that it is just completely intuition. But also there were the, the signs, the markers there, the words that she was using to describe her dream and the fact that she, every, she said every time a friend of hers had passed by suicide, they contact her on a telephone and tell her how they're doing. It just, it, so yes, I came completely off of the course of decoding the symbols and went into that realm of understanding that this was one of those rare cases where she is actually a psychic medium. I want to, not counter that, but I, I guess I was just thinking that maybe, you know, the people that come to you might be a little different than the people that come to me because so many of my clients and, uh, you know, they come for past life regression or a type of spiritual regression have their loved ones on the other side come through the dreams. And I think it's fairly common a lot of times that our loved ones do, you know, particularly, I don't know if you've read Journey of Souls by Michael Newton or like that a lot of times when we cross over <laughs> so so these are regression sessions for the in-between when we're not embodied and so we go back through hypnosis to connect to those times it's common when we cross over that we're trying to get messages to our loved ones to let you know that are still in life that to let them know hey I'm okay and so forth and so I feel like it's fairly at least in this subset of people, <laughs> which of course the people that I work with are not like just your average person, right? Like your average person doesn't necessarily go to get a spiritual regression session. But uh, but I just I'm saying it only because I want to I don't want to discourage our listeners um, that it's not common to get messages from your loved ones through dreams because because it I've, I've you know I've myself had that happen a lot, but I do have you know sort of mediumship abilities or whatnot but but a lot of my clients and i think more and more it's been happening even not even just during dreams but just in waking life where because we are all awakening spiritually it's happening much more where people are having that kind of telepathic communication whether through dreams or even just in our meditation or in our quiet moments from the ones who've crossed over i guess yeah and your clientele and the people who listen to this podcast are probably uniquely tuned in to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. It is not, in my experience, I have people from 
I have a very diverse group of people that I read tarot for and interpret dreams for. And some of them would are, would be completely unfamiliar with what you're talking about. It doesn't mean that they don't possess those or have those dreams where they do connect with loved ones. They may very well, but it's not coming through in what they are sharing with me that I'm interpreting because a lot of, well, almost, as I said, it's rare when I am working with someone who was like this one and who is truly connecting with um, with people, friends who had crossed over. So, I, yeah, I, I work with people who just want what their subconscious is trying to tell them. You know, that That is my main clientele, is just decoding. And I think that's where my intuitive ability comes in so well, because at some point I recognized that reading tarot and interpreting dreams were working with the same energy, the subconscious. And integrating that those modalities is what I have done. And I will do in a session of pulling tarot cards, listening to dreams, interpreting them, and then allowing the client's energy to come through the cards to, to help them get on the path that they're wanting to be on to, to either achieve a goal, eliminate a fear, deal with something in their life. So I, I come at it from that approach. But I must say, I absolutely believe in reincarnation. I absolutely know that it's possible to connect with loved ones and, and others who have crossed over through our dreams, through sometimes just um, a psychic awareness, even during our conscious times. So I understand, and you and I, I think, approach it. We come from a little bit of a different angle, but essentially it's the same energy that we're working with. Yeah, I uh, I completely agree. And, um, you know, I, I haven't had the experience of you doing a, a dream interpretation session for me, but I have had a tarot card reading. And I have to say, I've, I've had a lot of sessions, you know, people offer their, their, their um, services to us, you know, through this podcast. And yours stands out because, um, first of all, I, I, I rewatched it, you know, because we recorded it, and I've, I've rewatched it several times already. And it's fascinating to me how, how personal it was, and how accurate I get something different out of it every time. It's even actually shocked me in some cases because, you know, the first time you gave you gave the reading to me, it's probably like been like three months. It's been a couple months or two months at least. And uh, since then, some developments have happened that in my life that actually came true from from something you said uh, that related directly to something you said in the in the reading. And it was very specific. It was I'll give you the example. It was, um, you pulled this card, and it was the Knight of Wands. And you said during the reading, you said, well, where, where that card was pulled during the session, and um, from what you have experienced, that that has to do with a move, like a physical move. Like, And you asked me, like, are you going to move anytime soon? And I said, absolutely not. Like, no. Like, in, at that point in my life, there was no way that I thought I would ever move physically uh, places. And since then, you know, there we're practically going to move now because um, 
my daughter is not getting into the high school that she wants to. So there, we have had many, many serious discussions in my house about moving. And this just came out of nowhere. And also you said during the reading that it would be something out of my control, which is actually true too. So, you know, that was just one example of, of something in that reading, which was a very small part of the reading, by the way, that really was accurate. You know, I just wanted to give that as an example to our, our listeners, you know, how, how accurate these readings can be and how personal. And I, I also have this question for you. Like you, you mentioned that you went to this school for, for dream interpretation, and I understand that. But how did you come into reading tarot cards for people? Because they seem so different. They are. I have, there were two instances in my life when I was in my 20s, uh, someone came over to my house. It was a small gathering of uh, people. And one of the women, unbeknownst to me, was a psychic medium. And I had no idea that that's, it was my first time to meet her. And it was a social gathering. So I had, it wasn't a formal reading. And she told me, she said, you can do what I do. She said, I, I actually see you, though, with the tarot. And at that point, I, I heard her. I remember it clearly. I remember standing in the hallway of the house that I lived in at that time. And I can remember her exactly saying that to me. But, you know, I was raised in a uh, very traditional religious, fundamentalist kind of home. And tarot was not considered to be something that you would do. At that point, I was a writer and a producer for network television. And it was a great job. I was in my fairly early 20s. So it was something that was very exciting to me. And I remembered the event. I remembered her saying that. I really forgot about it. Several years passed, and I was in New Orleans. Uh, a friend of mine who grew up there, and I, she was living in the same city with me at that point, and we went to New Orleans for a visit. We had had breakfast. We went to a shop in the French Quarter, and she said, I want to go in here and see if Mother Margaret's in here. Well, I, again, I didn't know. I was there for a vacation and we walked in and it was a voodoo shop. <laughs> I'd never been in a voodoo shop before. So she asked her mother Margaret and this stunning woman walks out from behind a curtain. I mean she had her hair up in a turban and her she had these sparkling like green eyes that were just amazing looking. And she walked over to us and I felt like I was going to faint. Suddenly, I, I had this overwhelming wave come over me, and I looked at my friend, and, and I just blurted out, I said, tell the paramedics I felt dizzy, because I thought the next moment I was going to hit the floor. And she, Mother Margaret said, could I take your hand? And I held out my hand, I thought she was gonna help me from falling or something. And the moment that she touched my hand, 
the whole dizziness went away and I felt like I was floating on air. I felt like I was about a foot off the ground. And she told me, she said, that is your light that you feel. That is your energy. And she said, you can't hide your light anymore. She said, it's not good for you to do that. And at that point, this was probably about, I would say, five years after the experience with the the medium in my house that I actually listened to her and I because it was it was a transformational pivotal moment you know the dizziness came on just instantly and then her taking my hand and it just vanished instantly I knew there was something there I knew that there was something there so within that year a friend of mine a different friend gave me a deck of the Rider Waite tarot cards, which is, if anybody were to ever want to begin reading tarot, that's definitely the deck to begin with. I think it's very straightforward and it's very easy to learn. But the first time I laid out a spread, I could read them. I knew what was going. I It just intuitively, it was the synchronicity of feeling like I was right where I was supposed to be. So I began reading cards for friends and family right then and began just moving forward with that. I stayed working in television for a long time and it was has really just finally, I embraced the calling, <laughs> that's what I call it, and began saying, yeah, this really is what I do. This, this is truly who I am and the, the, really the catalyst for me was when I understood that I had a contribution to make that I could uniquely make with the way that I read tarot and the way that I understand it as it comes through. And that if I could help people understand where they were, where their energy was taking them, which is how I read tarot, I am picking up on your energy when I read the cards that comes through and lays out in the cards. And then it's my job to interpret them to the best of my ability. And that's what I do. Powerful, powerful experience. What are your thoughts on, so obviously we all dream, even though some people say they don't dream, <laughs> scientists have proven oh, we that all we dream. all dream. So it makes sense that we would, to me it makes sense that we would all want to learn to be able to interpret our own dreams because we're dreaming anyway, right? But then tarot, do you think everyone could or it would be helpful to, you know, just e- just for themselves even to get a deck uh, or is it just if you feel a calling? You know, that's a great question. I think if you feel it, you should absolutely do it. If you don't... I. I, it, to me, it's like being a musician or an artist or however you are. I think we're all geared in a certain way and that it's really our quest in life to understand who we really are. And when, when we do, and I think that you guys do for sure, you guys are so, your energy is just wonderful. And it's true. And I, 
I think that that is the best gift that you can give yourselves, ourselves, and the world is to understand who we are, what we're here to contribute. And if you feel like understanding your own energy through the tarot, then absolutely do it. Or oracle cards or however you want to do it through astrology or whatever method works for you. Otherwise, just a, find a good reader. Find someone who really tunes into you and, and do that and follow your own path. What a great answer. That's such a great answer. I, 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 this is kind of a side note, but I, you just made me think of something. I was wondering how many decks you own because I feel <laughs> oh like it's gosh. sort of like like tattoos. When somebody gets one, then suddenly they, they're like, oh, I want another one. I want, want another one. And I have several decks myself and I have to kind of pull myself back. But I'm curious, you know, since you do it for a living, if you have like more than 10 or how many? I, I do have more than 10, but I probably have less than 20 at this point, because you're right. You can absolutely, it is an addiction when I see a deck that is beautiful, but Really, it's all about what resonates with me on that intuitive level. I do have a lot of decks and, you know, the cards I was pulling for you guys earlier, the Supra from the Supra deck, which is, it's, uh, the group is called Usi, U-U-S-I. The moment that I saw them online, I knew I had to have them. And the moment that I got them, I have every day drawn my cards my three cards, they are teaching me, even at this point in my life, 30 years in, it, it is a check-in. It is, it is like taking your temperature, right? You know, it's taking my psychic temperature every day to tune in. And I love to do that for my clients too, because once you understand where you are, then you can fine tune it. You know, the other thing that I would really like to mention that we can all notice in our lives every day is the synchronicity that happens. And I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, but I'm a big advocate of Carl Jung. Again, his whole collective unconscious aspect, which is my approach to reading tarot, but also he coined the term synchronicity. And it resonates with me in particular because the very first day that my very first fiction book was launched called The Hand Dealt in my Tarot Legacies series, I found out about a month later through a very strange event that was definitely synchronicity that I had a great aunt who released her book exactly 100 years to the day from my book. And her books were banned. Her books were banned and burned in London. And she is a writer that actually Texas Monthly wrote about her in October of last year because she was a feminist and really kicked some butt as far as women's rights went back in the 1920s. And a friend of mine happened to get a hold of her book, which... Um, Larry McMurtry was a sponsor of the reprinting of her book for the Texas Book Club several years ago. And she got a hold of one of the books and gave it to me. And it was exactly 100 years to the day. It was um, 
that's synchronicity. And you have to ask yourself, why is this happening? What does this mean to me? And how do I carry this forth? What, what do I do with this now that I know? And these are huge questions. I don't even have answers to at this point, but you just, you know that something's happening, right? You know that you're in the flow. You know that this is, this is where you're supposed to be. At least that was what I took from it. Wow, that's incredible. That's an amazing story. You know, everybody has those experiences too, where it's just like this incredibly magical moment. And most of them are just so personal that if you tried to describe them to somebody, they just would laugh or, or not get it, you know? And um, yeah, that, but that one right there, you know, that one's a good one that you can actually, you know, tell other people and they get it. And uh, I love that. You know, it's it's interesting that y your dream interpretation and your tarot card reading are, are based around this idea that it's our own subconscious that is kind of coming through and providing you with whatever information or energy that it is that that comes through for that person at that moment. And you know that that just really you know rings so true to me because. That's that's how I believe our life is. And you even mentioned this a minute ago. You said that one of our deepest desires is to understand ourselves. And, you know, that is, to me, so much of what life is, really, is just uncovering these layers upon layers of our own self. For me, it's it's everything. You know, it's like, it's it's my work. It's my relationships with other people. It's it's everything. It's the whole world. You know, it's it's reflected. It's a reflection of me somehow. And and I'm not saying that in in like a, you know in a, like a narcissistic way. You know, I'm saying it in like a like a universal way. Like this is for everybody. It, it works this way. You know. And uh, I think one of the true, you know, gifts in my life, you know, where, where are my friends and, and my, the connections I have with, and my family and other people and the things that they show me about myself through themselves, you know? And so we're all doing that for each other. You know, when you look at life that way, I think it can, it can have so much more meaning and intention, you know, because you know, we go through life and we just think that it's like this mundane thing. But, but if you take that angle and you look at it from that point of view, well, then it becomes so much more. You know, it's not just a, a regular mundane life anymore. It's like you're discovering something brand new almost like every moment. <laughs> you know, you're absolutely right. One of my favorite quotes is live the ordinary life in an extraordinary way. And that is what, to me, it's all about. When we come to understand who we are at that moment, because we, I believe, are always evolving. If we, if we keep learning, which I am a firm believer in, if we come to know ourselves as much as we possibly can, then that allows us to contribute to the world, our unique gifts, that if we don't contribute, it will never, those things will never be contributed. Even though people have read tarot cards and interpreted dreams for hundreds of years, I know that what I do is unique to, to me. And that's the way it should be. And so is what everyone else does. 
if you do it from your heart, if you if you work from a place that you are seeking to live at your highest potential, then you can't help but contribute something that is going to be so special and that someone, if not more than someone, is going to need and benefit from. And to me, being of service is what it's all about. That's a great quote. I think for myself, that once I was opened to spiritual reality, because of course, before I was an atheist, then the, the ordinary life became magical, actually, because when you when you recognize, oh, everything is connected, and not separate. And like you said, these synchronicities, we realize like, oh, those aren't just random things. Nothing is actually random. It's all connected. And I love to look at my waking life the same way that I look to like for symbolism and interpretation. I use the same tools that I use to interpret my dreams. Because it's so funny how it happens like this, where (laughs) the one that I was thinking of was when my kitchen sink was blocked and flooded and then um, this weird thing in my condo happened was really gross where the something one of the pipes were blocked and sewage was coming up through my bathtub and it, they happened very in a very short period of time and it was like okay what what's stuck within me and you know what, what are the emotions that are trying to work through and if you pay attention you'll notice certain things continue to happen or happen within a period of time for to capture our attention to look at the things that we haven't been paying attention to. And so then it's all mad. I mean, you could be like, oh, that's really gross. It is gross. (laughs) You know, everything got clogged in my pipes or whatever. But it's really magical in a way because, oh, the universe is reflecting. Like like Tim was saying, it's not narcissistic to think like, oh, I'm in control. Everything that's happening out there is, it's the opposite. It's just that we're one little piece of this whole bigger picture and everything around us is a mirror for this big flow that we're all connected to, that we're all a piece of it. Absolutely. And, you know, I just drew a card as I was listening to you, and it's individuation that came up, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which, is what we're, which is what we're all about at this point and, and finding that. Yeah, you know, especially for you who's so powerful, who's so tuned into your energy, that analogy is, yeah, there was something clogged that needed attention, and you, it's macro and it's micro, right? And so you were able to recognize that. And that is just this cosmic synchronicity that paying attention will allow you to take that step further down your own path, clearing away, literally clearing away any obstacles. That's fabulous. I had another question um, just for maybe, I know some of my friends or clients sometimes say as far as with dream interpretation, they're like, yeah, I got all this stuff. I just don't have time to sit. And even for myself, only like the big ones, because every day I can get two or three dreams when I wake up and and I write them all down, but I, I only make time to kind of interpret ones that I feel are more meaningful. But do you have any dream interpretation hacks <laughs> for people like they're like, oh, so much happened in that dream. How can I just kind of get to the core of it? Because I yes. only have this much time. And Tim's laughing. So, so I think Tim has that same issue. So you, the hacks are just know the basic symbols, right? And I, for that, I can absolutely recommend the Dreamer's Dictionary by Barbara Condren. 
It will just, it's like a, a dictionary that will tell you shoes mean this in a dream. Uh, animals mean this. When you wake up, either uh, write it down or for me, I do voice memos so that I can immediately, and just start spilling out what your dream was and catch those major symbols that are showing up in your dreams. The house, the airplane, the river, whatever it is. And know, once you get into the practice of understanding what those symbols mean, it's truly like hieroglyphics. You would understand that, that a car represents your physical body. And it's on, well, the road that I was on in the dream was winding, going up a mountain. So it's that, to me, is indicative of someone having some physical challenges. Maybe they're dealing with an injury or something. Understand what those major symbols are in the dream. Put those together really quickly. And the more you practice, the faster you get at it. And it will almost always relate to your previous day. Because again, our brains are downloading when we sleep all of the information, those neuro pathways of connecting the strong associations and the weak associations. And this is scientific fact, by the way. You'll have scientists who argue and say, yeah, well, dream, dream interpretation is really nothing. Well, I humbly disagree with that. But they all say that we are downloading, that's what our dreams are doing, is downloading information that will help us move forward. This is evolution, right? This teaches us how to be aware of what's coming. So learn those symbols. That's the hack for me. That's, I can interpret dreams pretty quickly as a result of that. There are some, especially like the ones that you were referring to when you have a loved one come through or uh, dreaming of a past life or something that's really big like that, that will take some more time. But intuitively, when you have hit on the dream meaning, the, the true meaning of the dream, it will resonate with you. You will know that that is what it meant. Mm -hmm. That's how you know when you really had a visit from a loved one. You know, because you recognize, yes, this is not just picking out those symbols. This was something else. And that's where our intuition, that is where our mind and our heart are working together. That's when our psychic sense is really engaged. And we know that this was something beyond that. And so that takes a little more time. Yeah, thank you for clarifying all that because, you know, I, I was actually kind of curious too about how that worked. And it's so complex too because you say like sometimes it can be one thing and other times it can be another and you have to kind of learn how to, you know, distinguish between those experiences. And um, yeah, there's just so much there. And I've, we could probably go another hour talking about just dreams for sure. But you know, we already ran out of time and, you know, we just want to say thank you so much, Victoria, for coming on and talking with us. Can you please let our listeners know if there's anywhere they can find you online? Yes. So it's victoriabaloo.com. Victoria is spelled V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A. Baloo is B as in boy, E-L-U-E.com. That's my website. You can book readings with me, dream interpretation sessions, tarot reading, 
You can also get links to my Tarot Legacies Urban Fantasy series, which I love so much because I bring tarot characters to life. And um, I have a lot of fun doing that. That would be a good way for somebody who's wanting to learn tarot because, it, you know, it's more fun when you think of them, these archetypes as this personality. And that, that's a great idea. Yeah, I, and that's exactly what happened. I worked with them for so long, they became people to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Oh my gosh, thank you guys for inviting me. You're both really fun to talk to. And as I said, your energy is great. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. I'd like to say thank you very much to Victoria Ballou for taking the time to talk with us and for sharing her gifts and knowledge with us. If you'd like to learn more about Victoria and her services or any of her books, you can find her online at victoriabalou.com. And Ballou is spelled B-E-L-U-E. Before we go, I'd like to say thank you to Tiana Roser for all the work she does to keep this podcast going. I'd also like to thank Casey Henson for providing the music we use. For more information about us or to access past episodes, please visit our website, beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave a rating for us. This will help other people find us. Take care.